Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this version, today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. This is episode 687 of the podcast dedicated to helping you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your divine gifts. Today, I have a spectacular person I've just now met, and I was impressed with the bio, and we're going to learn more about that. Welcome to the show, Kevin Payne. Well, thank you so much, Kellen. I'm delighted to be here. I'm stoked to have you. You're on a mission. You told me that, and that was the word that tweaked me in our little brief intro chat before we started. So I define the ultimate life as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that we create by serving with our divine gifts. How would you define the ultimate life? I think that's a pretty good definition. Mine would be, if you look at the research, and and I'm a social psychologist, my doctorate's in sociology and psychology, so that's what I did. Uh, There are six values that lead to a good life as people define it for themselves. Are we happy, satisfied, functional, engaged, meaningful, and secure? And so I would define it as a life that regularly visits activities that deliver those values to us. And, and that means being with one another and connecting with one another and nature and our gifts and, and doing something that we feel is a contribution in the world. I love that. And one of the phrases I use all the time is add good to the world. And that's just pretty much what you just said. You talked to me briefly about a book that you had written based on your own experience and challenges and things. And I certainly don't have a PhD in anything, but I do have a PhD in experience, a double and triple in five or six lives, as I'm sure you do. So show me the book again. Tell me the book. Tell me about it because the audio is going out first. And tell me what drove you to use that vehicle to add good to the world. Sure. Uh, So it's called Your Life Lived Well, and that's the name of the book and the podcast and the curriculum and the company and everything else and the app that will be coming out here in a few months. So uh, why is it called Your Life Lived Well? Because A, it's your life. It's not my life. It's your life. And there is no one particular path to get there. But what I'm interested in is helping show you the ways you can develop the tools to make those better decisions for yourself. Okay, so I love that emphasis on personal responsibility. It's my life. I have Mm -hmm. the levers. I have the tools. I have the hands. And you, so tell me, I know you've got the academic background, but there's a lot more to it than that. You help me learn to use the tools to make the choices I need to have those six values in defining the ultimate life the way you defined it. So tell me a couple of things that have happened that have given you both the feeling that you get to help me with that, because I believe you, and why? what drives you to do that? Well, I was first symptomatic with a mystery disease back in 1989. 
and it was misdiagnosed. And I lived with weird symptoms off and on for a number of years and finally was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2006. And so for those who don't know what MS is, it's a neurodegenerative autoimmune condition. Basically, my immune system is eating my brain and my spinal cord. And so... Okay, that sounds scary. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, and during the time that I was getting diagnosed and I had the worst exacerbations to my disease, I was dealing with supporting a wife. I spent a decade supporting a wife with a very late stage cancer. Oh, my and word. So, so you had 17 years of, of late diagnosis from 89 to 06 and mm -hmm. spent 10 years supporting both emotionally and physically and all the other ways uh, your wife who was having late stage cancer. And I'm assuming with late stage, she eventually passed. Well, you know, the interesting thing is she was actually saved with a radical surgery literally weeks before she was going to die. Wow. And then my MS took a drastic turn for the worst. And when she recovered, she and my children decided that I was not going to get better and that they could no longer continue on this journey with me. So I was left alone with a brain and a body that didn't work. And my beloved dog even died traumatically in front of me right in the midst of that. Okay, so we can all gasp for a moment because that's a terrifying set of adversities and adversity helps us. I, I hate the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger because that's only true if you choose to allow it to develop your empathy and your courage. But then what happened? Then what happened? Well, when I was at the end of my rope, and I really was at the end because I couldn't see a way to a better life for myself. But my son, who was the last one to leave, right before he left, he was a young teenager at the time. And he said, Dad, you know you really suck at doing things for yourself. And I had to step back and say, well, yeah, you know, in his whole lifetime, he probably hadn't seen me do anything for myself because I had gotten so caught up in supporting their mother and keeping a roof over our heads and trying to be the, you know, good provider and the good professional that I had completely lost track of my own self-care. And I was really angry about that because I got a PhD in people and I know better. But I had gotten caught in those traps too. And so I decided I'm going to give myself one last chance to save myself. And I decided to apply my science to my own life to improve my quality of life and did a lot of research, interviewed hundreds, surveyed thousands, millions of data points, yada, yada. And that's what forms the book and the curricul curriculum. But I also decided I would do one thing for myself. I would go back to skydiving. And even with my wonky body where I can't feel my legs, I would figure out a way to become a legit skydiver. So <clears throat> why is it? I love the story, and because it's a short-form podcast, we don't have time to, to languish positively, not negatively, to, to linger, I guess is the word I'm looking for in the story more. 
but it's fabulous. It's incredible. Why do we so often know what to do and then don't do it? Wow, that would be a long answer. But the short one is uh, we are a society of mind. And so we are not a unified identity up here. Identity is a story we tell ourselves about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the right part of your brain for the moment in front of you is not driving. And so when our primal brain gets triggered, it's that acute stress response. It's that quote unquote fight or flight response. Really, it's freeze, front, flight, fight, fawn, flock, fright, faint. There's a bunch of them in there. I call it the effort response. And, and they're all about getting distance between you and the bad thing. But in my case, the thing that I was most terrified of was my own body. And I can't get away from my own body. So all of those strategies that we would normally use to face the threat in front of us, we can't use with a chronic illness. We, we've got to have a better set of strategies that allow us to make peace and, and find some way to accommodate that beast and still actualize ourselves. So I, I thank you for saying that. Make peace. There's lots of things in life that we, even the, the serenity prayer for addicts, you know, God grant mm -hmm. me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the ones I can, the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, we're um, an old neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been in and out of that, had been uh, many years before my abrupt change in 2007. But anyway... So you did that, and you've now dramatically done something different. The picture on the front of the book, for those watching, the, hearing the audio, is a picture of him skydiving at 5,000 feet. Free fall, I think it is. He doesn't even have the mm -hmm. parachute out. So what – I have two questions. One is we hear all kinds of stuff. Me, you, other people talking about living your life well, follow your dreams, tell your story, make an impact, follow – you know. Do what you love and the money will follow. All that stuff sort of wrapped into one. Do you believe it's possible to live that kind of fulfilled, what I call the ultimate life, or is that just hype? Ooh, can I answer uh, both ways? On answer this? any way you want. I just want to yeah, know what you think. The, because the way it is popularly conceived, no. Because life is what happens in between all of those remarkable bits. And we've got lots and lots of boring stuff. I mean, there's a reason why people don't take bathroom breaks in movies, because that's not part of our story. And, <laughs> and, and, and we have to live through all of that stuff, too. Now, can we live a life where we pack our, our life with valuable, meaningful, creative, giving, wonderful, transcendent experiences? Sure. We can so, do that. So let me rephrase it then. If I understand that I call all that stuff, I have call it all housekeeping, whether it's mm -hmm. painting a wall or mowing the lawn or going to the bathroom or taking a shower in the morning or all that stuff. I just call it all housekeeping, whether it's physical or the house or anything. I call it administrivia. Administrivia, love it. Let's use administrivia. I love that word, administrivia. Okay, everybody, from now on, call it administrivia and give Kevin the credit. That's cool. So 
when you when if you look and you intentionally fill your you intentionally use your gift your talents your intention your focus your will to create those good events the events based on service and love and connection and community and all the good things that create good neurotransmitters and makes feel good then you can certainly have a life that is full of that kind of experience and full of the joy that you are talking about in living your life well, right? Sure. But there's also another thing. So, so that's, that's like the fun, sexy part of living a good life. Mm-hmm. Those are what I call edge experiences. Okay. But we can't spend our whole life at the edge. We've got to, because when you have an edge experience, success and failure, your greatest successes and your worst failures are separated by a hair's breadth. Right. You have to risk the failure in order to have the success. But when we push ourselves to the edge, physically, emotionally, cognitively, socially, whatever it is, that triggers growth. That's growth learning. But we don't grow there. We have to then take ourselves back to what I call our home and rest and relax and recover and nourish ourselves and recuperate, and consolidate, and then go back out. I love that, because you think about a workout guy, they say that the greatest growth for the muscles comes right at the last rep and the last heaviest thing when you're breaking everything, but the muscle doesn't actually grow then. It Uh grows when you go home and do the stuff you just said. So I would take it then that you are, from what you just said, a big advocate of Self-care, self-love, understanding that your cup has to be full before you can serve because you can't serve from an empty vessel. Yes, definitely. And, and part of recovering myself from the worst of my MS was, uh, you know, instituting a, a better routine in my life that maximized those things. So I'm always up at five. I, I begin my day with meditation. I, I then uh, exercise, I have my smoothie and a protein shake, and I write for a little while. And, and then only after all that do I then check email or social media or all that stuff that I need to do for the business. So uh, I, those of you that have listened to a lot of these episodes, he and I did not talk ahead of time. I talk often about a ritual called SPEM, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, and you do it to start with because you have to prepare yourself for the day, otherwise you're not your best self and all the rest, and you just listed a bunch of those pieces, which include prayer, meditation, mm-hmm. however you conceptualize it, exercise, and all the rest. So this is fantastic. I'd like you to say something to someone in the audience right now who feels like, yeah, that's all good for him to say but I don't think I can do that. What would you say to me? I would say, almost all the time, we are humans, the bottleneck. And if you want to get beyond, I can't do this, that begins with you being kinder to yourself. I love that. I love that. I love that. The last book I just finished in December, which will be out in a week or two, and I'm giving some lectures later this year at a couple places, and the name of it is Forgiveness, A Journey of Courage to a Place of Freedom and Power, and it talks about the two sides, forgiving of self and of the 
forgiving of others and so forth and how that's a energetic thing that's completely in your control and has nothing to do with anything else. Anyway, I love that you said that. Humans, we're, we're the bottleneck. So like it always does, our time comes to a conclusion really quick. Tell me, tell our audience, if they want to find out more about you, about your book, it's on Amazon, of course, repeat the name of the book and tell me, them, how to find you, how to learn more, and how to follow your amazing exploits of someone that has gone through that struggle and now lives a life well-lived and helps others to do the same. Tell us some more. Go to yourlifelivedwell.co. Simple as that. Go to the website. You can find the links to Facebook and and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. You can find my podcast. You can find links to the book. You can download 100 pages of it free to see if it's something for you. You can see the schedule of my upcoming webinars and seminars and the blog and everything else. So yourlifelivedwell.co. Okay, there's nothing difficult about any of those words. Your life lived well, one word, dot co, not com, dot co. Go there. Look up everything he's done and listen to his stuff. Because I love collecting people who have made the choices to get past that bottleneck of our humanness to create the opportunities that are available to all of us. Kevin, thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much, Kellen. Be well. I will do that. So I want to encourage all of you, listen to this again. Go visit the website and figure out which pieces of that advice and stuff are for you as you create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stay